This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today is Share the Show Tuesday. So if you know anybody in California, Oklahoma, or Washington, share the show with them today because at the end of the show, we're going to tell you about some meetups that they may be able to find some connections in their real world, their real life, where they can get a little sanity check or actually feel more sane in this world where a lot of times the only place that we can find people who kind of help us keep our sanity are online. And that is one thing that I think we've been doing for the past couple of years. It's funny because I feel like this show, which is news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty and justice was here to inform people to pull away the curtain of the propaganda. But the vast majority of the emails that I get are from people who thank us for making connections for them and keeping them sane. You hear our shout outs, you know that that's what it's about. So if you feel like there are people out there, maybe they've disconnected to the news for very good reasons. I wish I could, but they may feel like they can make sense of it and find a sense of community through the show. So if you want to share it on social media for that reason or with somebody personally, if you're a subscriber, you probably can't send a pay feed through the paywall, but you can send them just the propreport.com. Just send them the, the URL and they can find a continuous free player there. And uh, or, you know, they can turn us on to them at Twitter at Monica Perez Show and at Freedom Act Radio. Yes, do that. Definitely. And do it today on Share the Show Tuesday. Yep. And uh, there are also some live things coming up tomorrow. We are having the Rockfin Deep Dive live at five at five o'clock Pacific time and eight o'clock Eastern. That's a new thing that we're doing at live. So you can interact with us if you belong to Rockfin. Join through our channel rockfin.com slash propaganda report and as always the dnb xr where you're listening to right now the premium is on video on rockfin on thursdays at 1 p.m pacific 4 p.m eastern and on rumble you can get the free 30 at the same time um youtube keeps kicking us off anyway and there's a disappearing patron party this friday for all party level patrons and i will actually invite anyone who joins patron before patreon before friday even if you don't choose a party level tier it will be our welcome gift to you fantastic well obviously some of the top stories today are about ukraine and russia because what else are they going to be about not covid because we don't talk about covid anymore that just kind of disappeared from the news. So I chose a couple of stories because you can't possibly cover all of the different propaganda that's being spewed out right now about Russia and Ukraine. It's just a mile a minute. So I've just picked a handful of things that piqued my interest about what's going on over there. And I'm going to start with something we mentioned in the XR yesterday, which is 
how they're baiting these citizens in Ukraine by giving them weapons, by giving them Molotov cocktails, by giving calls from the president to come out and fight them as, as the citizens of Ukraine fighting the military of Russia, which if you're an untrained citizen fighting a military, that's not a very smart thing to do, at least in the way that it seems that they're being told to do it on television. And Go ahead. You know, do you remember my concept of resistance grade weaponry versus target justifying weaponry? So resistance grade, they don't allow us to have resistance grade weaponry here. We only have target justifying weaponry. You go out, there's a tank rolling down your street. You've got a handgun or a long gun that doesn't have much, uh, isn't armor piercing. You're all you're going to do is give them the right to shoot you. And that is what they have done to these people. Potentially. I mean, it just it looks like target justifying weaponry, not actually resistance grade weaponry. A pile of pebbles here, throw it at these tanks rolling down your street. But a gun, if someone's wearing a gun, using a gun, then you can then the soldiers can shoot them. Right. And there was a standoff, apparently, between someone who was standing out in the middle of the road trying to stop a tank physically himself. Of course, a tank could have run over him, but he didn't do that. But the person was out there displaying propaganda imagery, whether or not this person knew that that was going to be a propaganda imagery or they were genuinely enticed to do that, they probably did do it out of the spirit of what's being promoted over there. And it's dangerous for these people. It It is causing these people to put their, themselves in harm's way, and it's also causing them to provoke the Russian military to then be violent back at them, making the whole thing just blow up. And in that same vein... There's a battle cry song now being used to agitate the Ukrainians that is there. Let's go out and do it song. And I believe you've probably heard the song before. It's an 80s metal song by Twisted Sister. We're not going to take it. We're not going to take it anymore. So an 80s metal song, along with Molotov cocktails and weapons, agitating this public to put themselves in danger, very dangerous. And the lead singer, Dee Snyder, approves of this use of the song. It is worth noting, however, that he did not approve of the use of this song when it was used by people protesting the COVID mandates. And he did comment on this, saying that people are asking me why I endorse the use of we're not going to take it for the Ukrainian people and did not for the anti-maskers, he wrote. Well, one, one use is for the righteous battle against oppression. The other <sighs> is an infantile, an infantile feat stomping against an inconvenience. What if the people who have been stuck in the cauldron and the Donbass were using that we're not going to take it anymore? That is... A question that I wish you'd have been asked. <laughs> you know, remember, I think his name was Zakar, Zakar Chesko. He was, remember when I always say, like, I realized that America was totally weakened by making it a service industry because the Eastern Ukraine guys were saying that if you, you don't even, you don't, don't send us men just send us guns we know how to use them i believe that was said by a guy who's later elected to one of the leadership roles in one of those oblasts i think his name is zokarchevsky um and i just found out that they blew up his favorite cafe with him in it a few years ago and fucking murdered him like my personal like this was you know real hero like a guy who where did this happen this was in in the eastern Ukraine. My point is, 
that after our coup, the people in the East that Putin is trying to liberate were heavily oppressed. They're, they were shot upon. They couldn't leave. They were separated from their families for years now. Ukrainians, regular Ukrainians couldn't go in there without getting blacklisted, coming trying to go back so they couldn't get any live shows or anything like that. And one of the freedom fighters there, who was like a super giga chad guy, and then later was actually elected. He was like a, a coal miner, and then he had a mining company, but he had a legal background. So he became a leader there and he they murdered him just a few years ago. And it really just infuriates me that all these people really don't know what they're talking about. And they're going out there like who could nothing could be a more righteous cause than what's going on in Ukraine. And it's not true. And this is why my mother always taught me never contribute to a charity unless you really know where the money is going, who's re- like, I always knew you can never just because somebody makes you cry with some dumb ad doesn't mean it's a righteous cause. Yeah. And there are mega scams, giga scams going on right now. <laughs> speaking of crying, they have the whole story about the Ukrainian president speaking to what was the EU or the UN today. I don't remember which one. And the interpreter was crying. I listened to it. You can't actually watch it, but I listened to it and he was breaking down because it was so inspirational. And then he got a he got a standing ovation. I think it was NATO because he was saying, you need to let us in NATO right now and fight with us. More boycotts have come today. The movie Batman, the upcoming movie Batman, has been pulled from Russia. Netflix is refusing to stream Russia state programs. Disney is going to stop releasing films in Russia, as well as Warner Brothers will stop releasing films in Russia. So the continuing boycotting of Russia is ongoing, and Russians, if they want to see those movies, they'll simply just have to go over to China, because I'm certain they aren't going to be boycotted over there, where their huge audiences are, and they cater the films to China when it comes to the content. That guy's name was Zach Karchenko, Alexander Zach Karchenko, C-H-E-N-K-O. Look him up. He was really inspiring. Uh, now he's dead. And um, yeah, so did you see that Zelensky got a standing ovation? That's what I just said. Oh, sorry. I was looking up Zakharchenko. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was just talking about his speech. I couldn't so, let the so, yeah. opportunity go without getting his name right. I felt it was too unprofessional. Super sorry about that. Come on, that's the first time that's happened in three years. Well, you know, we all have uh, brain fog in this fog. It wasn't. It wasn't brain fog. (laughs) It was it was rude, but it wasn't brain fog. Well, the World Taekwondo Association has also revoked Putin's honorary black belt over Ukraine. So Trump can now say that he is the president with an honorary black belt as opposed to Putin. They used to have it. Yeah. Trump has that. I got it now. I'm the only one. Well, Putin's got. Yeah. Revoked. Yeah. And. The thing about the music, though, music, music can agitate. Music can, ma- can make people feel more empowered than they actually are and can get them to do things that they might not have otherwise done when they're all jacked up. This is very insidious, I think. This cutting them off from everything, agitating Russia in the way they're doing it. And I'm not saying that Russia, what they're doing is good. I, I don't know who is good or who is bad. We're, oh, we're I so do. caught up in a swirl <laughs> of propaganda I can take a right stand now. on this. I just think that... I think the re- the reality of what's going on over there, I don't think anything we've seen on television across social media is telling any of the story at all. Oh, it's an absolute lies, like a- outright lies from beginning to end, saying that he's crazy, saying that he's rewriting history, saying literally they're reporting of what's going on on the ground over there is not correct. 
it's a it's a pack of lies. It's awful. There's absolutely no ambiguity about the U.S. having conducted that totally illegal coup that didn't get any kind of outcry. This is getting complete outcry. There's just if you think of it this way, if Canada joined the Soviet Union, the CIS, like the remnants of it, the Russian Federation right now, and started putting intermediate range nuclear missiles along the border of the U.S. from Canada. Would that be just fine? Probably not. And if Russia conducted a coup against, took out Trudeau, who's a piece of crap anyway, and put in a Russian puppet? Yeah. Like, how how would we react to that? Probably not very good. We probably right. would not react. And it, it's, it's, this is just, I keep saying this, this is an extraordinary propaganda operation. I mean, Canada borders Russia. Canada has a border with Russia. So it's not as crazy as it sounds. Yeah. And they say back in the day, the Red Scare and stuff, the plan was to go through Canada. Well. So I'm just saying it's completely valid national security. I'm not saying that I am, you know, I don't know. I can't imagine even bringing myself to bomb another country, but I complete. he's not crazy. It's not unjustified. It wasn't unprovoked. We committed atrocities against them and deposed their democratic government through deception. I mean, it's just, it's unreal. The and none of that's coming out. Yeah, the propaganda is also targeting the Russian people. They're attempting to get through to them. One of the things they're doing is they're hacking some Russian websites and they're displaying the dead of Russian people. The soldiers that are dying to show them, say, hey, the Ukrainians are actually winning. You're not winning. Your people are dying. You need to stop this war. You need to, your, the mothers see your sons dying. You need to stop. Is this more likely, doing this, is this more likely to piss off the people yes definitely or to get i think they might want that because i i don't haven't seen anything that hints that putin wants to go anywhere beyond what he considers to be like the kind of russian historical territory i'm not even saying that's okay i don't know about that like to actually absorb reabsorb ukraine i'm not you know, I'd have to think a little harder about that. But he doesn't want to move into Europe. However, if Europe decides to take Ukraine into the EU or to make it a member of NATO and have the, that's a war like they would ju- they would be it would be NATO that would, was escalating this into World War Three. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure that's not what they want. And, and I can tell you why I think that if we're ready to move yeah. on. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Which is... That like everything that seems to be coming out of this is more of the same that we were already headed towards for a couple of years now, not just COVID either. So I I just have a list here and I'll get to as much as we can. And then um, I'll push the rest into the XR. Okay, so inflation, just we have they've been talking about inflation like crazy. They've been blaming things on it like supply chain. They've been blaming um, they act like it's like they act like it's price increases because of shortages, labor shortages, goods shortages. But of course, it is 
as Milton Friedman said, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. And like I said yesterday, if you shut down SWIFT, and there was an article in the 10th Amendment Center today that completely said the same thing. If you push the world out of U.S. financial sphere and the U.S. dollar is not the world reserve currency, you're going to have hyperinflation here because all those dollars are going to come home. So they're asking for inflation with this particular tactic. They're talking about supply chain issues. They're saying that if there's energy shortages, that you're going to have um, disruption across the board. All ever, I've read articles talking about every sector of transportation and being interfered with. There's airlines that are not being allowed to fly over different airspaces. There are shipping ports that are shut down. Trains that can't move um, around because from one region to another because they go through Russian territory. And then, of course, the pain at the pump, which I still think he might do uh, price controls. Now, they are releasing a lot of stores, but that's a very short term solution to uh, rising prices. So they're doing a lot of things that continue in that way. The food shortages, they've been talking about that a lot. Oh, by the way, oh, actually, there were two. The food shortages and the pain at the pump both had articles that said uh, perfect storm. And you know my thing about another perfect storm, every time something doesn't really make sense, and I suspect a hidden hand, they say it's a perfect storm. Uh, and, And I feel like that too. If you ask somebody out on a date and they said, I can't go because my mother's sick and I have to wash my hair. It's a, well, that's it's a perfect storm. Piece. Well, yeah, it's like, is it that your mother's sick or is it that you have to wash your hair? It's like you're just making sure that you can't argue your way out of that person's excuse because right. that person just doesn't want to go. He, he could be like, I have a cure for everything. I can yes. help your mother right now. Yes. So if you give, I always found that like I've asked a babysitter and they're just like, no, I my mom said no. I have a test. I'm not home. My car broke down. It's like, OK, you hate my kids. I get it. It's fine. Just say no. <laughs> you know, but. Oh, and it's so when there's like this perfect storm, I'm like, you're just trying to hide the truth here. And the food shortages was a big thing like that. They're really emphasizing the weed and stuff. But for me, I mean, there is no single product that the world is absolutely hooked on. I guess money and oil would be the closest that there aren't substitutes for. So anyway, um, there are these transportation issues, but we've also seen that they're beginning to kind of shut us down. They're trying to scare us out of traveling They're They have violence on flights and things like that, that I've been saying for a really long time with the zoom and everything, they're really trying to shut us down. And with oil shortages, the more they move us to where we don't have access, like the world doesn't have access to dollars, if we don't have access to fossil fuels, then we will do more Zooming. And this is what they wanted already. I said about crypto, um, you know, and price controls actually result in fuel shortages. So if if they really want to do that, get everybody Zooming again, nobody's get, nobody is going to wait on five-hour gas lines anymore. Nobody's going to do that. Everyone's going to stay home and call in sick. Or, you know, call in like, I'm not going. And I just, I feel like that's, that's where, you know, these are part of the things. Oh, and semiconductor chips. They're talking like crazy about chips that are in more just piling onto that. And I just don't believe for one second that our systems weren't resilient enough 
to tolerate this stuff and we've been out of the worst of it for so long and they're like well now it's the rebound effect of law of um returning demand and i'm like well how you know they they make up these stories like with the lumber they were like they didn't they didn't resume production but they did resume production it's well and that and then you look further and they're like well it's because there's rail shortages it's like why then why why are there rail shortages well perhaps we'll find out tonight in joe biden's state of the union address Maybe. Yeah, I'd be interested. I mean, I imagine it's the same crock. I'm sure it is. I'm yeah. supposed to not use vulgarity during the free 30. Anyway, I've never been able to really watch SO2. So anyway, I do have um, a little more color on how I think all those things fold together. And I will bring that to the XR. All right. Well, speaking of crypto, Russia wants you to or they want citizens to pass a test if they want to trade crypto. Now, the headline for this is Russia wants you to pass a test if you want to trade crypto, which kind of gives the passing <laughs> assumption that this yeah. is a negative or evil type of thing. But when you actually open up the article and you read about what they're doing, they are finding a novel way to regulate cryptocurrency, the article suggests. And what they're doing is they are going to, they've come up with a draft for a proposal for crypto regulations that is going to require users to take this online test that before they're allowed to invest. And the reason they're going to be doing it is to determine the level of knowledge about the specifics of investing in cryptos so that they can ensure that the citizens are aware of the risk of cryptos. And those who manage to pass the test will be able to invest 600,000 ruble per year, whereas those who don't pass the test will be limited to 50,000 ruble. And they are also going to be requiring platforms to inform people who do trade crypto of the dangers of trading crypto. Wow. This is, you know, uh, alternative to banning crypto. This is the type of regulation that they are proposing so that they can then adapt it. And you know, I don't know about the whole reg- regulation. I don't know the specifics of all of the regulation, but the idea of informing people of the dangers of it and then leading them to where they can learn about it yeah. is not a bad idea. <laughs> it's it's not a bad idea. Of course, I hate coercion of any kind, force. I don't like regulations, but it's also a way to get people to slide them into it. That is a good point. That's how, yeah, you can rope them into it. So they went from banning it to now they are finding ways to adopt it. They, they aren't going to allow it to be fully used in Russia. They, people can trade, but I don't think they can use it as an right. exchange, if I'm correct. But we'll see if that changes. All right, let's hit these next two stories real quick, and then we'll stay on schedule for the deepest dive of the day, if that's okay with you. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so this I just this caught my eye and it annoyed me. So we did the Larry Fink deep dive a while back. He's the Black Rock guy who's got ten trillion dollars under management, and Blackstone does the alternative investments. I think they are the ultimate owners of half of, or at least they are related to the ownership of Neil Young's portfolio. They have a trillion dollars under management. I guess it's like the little brother. But of that trillion, their CEO, well, it's not of that trillion, but their CEO, Stephen Schwartzman, who was a co-founder, made over a billion dollars last year, took home over a billion dollars personally in one year. And my guess is that my tax rate is like double his tax rate because then I don't care about that. Like, well, I'll tell you why I do care about that. So 941 million of it was in dividends, which I believe is taxed at a lower rate. 160 million is in 
carry, I think they call it, or, or like return on investments that his company did that he got a piece of, which really should be income, in my opinion. And then his salary was $350,000, which that's where you get really taxed is the $350,000. And I don't even care. Like, I'd be fine with a flat tax, like a 10%. Everybody just pays 10%. And then it's like effectively progressive. But people like this, I'm sure he's a Democrat. I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm going out on a limb, assuming he's a Democrat. And, uh, he I, I only because if he weren't, I'd probably know that if you want to look, his name is Stephen Schwartzman. I can check after. But he so a lot of time, you know, they're the ones who are for the progressive taxation, which is where income earners, the professional class, the middle class, the more they earn, the bigger percentage of their earnings get confiscated. So for for in my house, we don't have really earnings other than income. So it gets taxed at 40, 50 percent now that I live in California. And um, he argues for that, but he doesn't pay that. And uh, and they also argue for welfare. And if you or like subsidies, like public transportation and um, public health insurance and everything. And what is that? That's people like us paying high taxes the middle class paying in the high taxes, and that stuff subsidizes the lower classes to go work at these factories and stuff. So you can have like a below living wage if the public is paying for health care and transportation and all that. It's like a very, it's really a sick system. So I don't care about somebody adding value and getting that value back. But when you're making a billion dollars, please, please argue for deregulation, liberty, um, a flat tax at the absolute best, not subsidizing the, their workers with the taxes of the middle class. It just it just annoys me. No. And and also zero reserve requirements allow the kind of velocity of money to happen where the financial sector sucks up so much more of the surplus wealth than even the management class. So the financial guys will make 10 times what the CEO that's actually running the company will make. And he makes 20 times what the actual worker makes. And I wouldn't mind that either if it were a naturally occurring process from a free market. But it is so often it is, I would say, 100 percent a function of our fiat money system, uh, zero reserve requirements. It's just it annoys me. And I guess that wasn't I guess I ranted instead of just reporting. Never mind. Well, Sorry. things that billionaires do to enrich themselves while holding others back can be a bit annoying. <laughs> it is. Plus, they use the power of the government to do it, and they act like they're being good guys when they're while they're at it. It just infuriates me. Yeah, it they hide under a banner me. of philanthropy and nonprofits and other BS nonsense, which ultimately yeah. just increases their own power. And not just that, but also the way the laws are structured with the welfare, and they vote. They they argue for Obamacare like it's a point of compassion. <laughs> the big philanthropy, I don't even care if it's their money, but this, you know what I'm saying? Like they restructure society for themselves. <sighs> I mean, if there's one thing the billionaires are oozing, it's compassion. That's what we all know to be true. <laughs> and I blame their mouthpieces too. Like the filthy rags on of uh, mainstream media. Of course. They're for the supporting worst. this nonsense. Yeah, they're the absolute worst. And speaking of that, we have a new head person at CNN to replace Jeff Zucker. So if you want to know what the new CNN is going to look like with this new head guy, look no further than to The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Because the replacement for Zucker is going to be this guy named Chris L- 
L-I-C-H-T. How do you say that last name? I didn't look L-I-C- that up. I always call that light, but Liked. it could be licked. Yeah. So this guy is currently the executive producer and showrunner of Colbert's Late Show. He's the guy who is credited with turning that show around when it was sputtering early on. What he essentially did was he turned it into the Trump Russia, Trump Russia, CNN late night show, because that's basically what Colbert is. Colbert just does the same exact thing that CNN does in the form of bad setups and punchlines. The same principle as Jeff Zucker taking Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo, and Jake Tapper and making a dream team out of them. Yeah. They're like, wow, if you can make Colbert funny or popular, it's not, right. he's not funny. If you can make him popular, you're a miracle worker. You're another Jeff Zucker. And that's what this seems like to me. <laughs> Definitely. This, he is also the vice president of special programming for Paramount. And before joining The Late Show, he helped create MSNBC's Morning Joe with Joe and Mika. So you're going to see more of the same nonsense, ridiculous dramatics, theatrical at CNN, no real journalism. Not that anybody really expected that. Okay. Before we get to our deepest dive of the day, where we try to get to the bottom of Biden's Supreme Court pick, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR, which is, are you smarter than a journalist? I think I know the answer to that question. And the Dems could run who in 2024? But before we get to all that, please consider supporting the show. It's a win-win for you and us. We get the support we need to continue providing free drive time news blast to thousands of listeners daily, and you get tons of extra content, all commercial free. And this week is your last chance to take advantage of our low introductory offer on Locals, $5 per month for all our premium commercial free content. Go to properport.locals.com and sign up for that by the end of this week. And there's a disappearing patron party this Friday. If you join Patreon, we will give you the first DPP free even if you join at the basic truth sponge tier. And don't forget, you can support the show by supporting our sponsors. Check out the shop tab on the properport.com for a list of some recent sponsors and promo codes. And now on to the deepest dive of the day. Okay, so we talked about this before. Biden had three potential Supreme Court nominees, three black women. That was his criterion. Um, so, which I just think is in, in part irrelevant because don't judge people on the basis of their skin color. I can see them wanting, I can see the value of diversity if perspective comes into it. I personally think that the text of the constitution is where, where it's at or what I I really think the constitution should be interpreted as per the understanding of those who allowed it to happen. And for this woman who was nominated, who could very well be extremely qualified, people are going to be like, well, it's a good thing Biden chose an African-American woman. This dis- yeah, well, negates was, all of her qualifications. There, there was an extremely qualified one who's on one of the top three who is totally liberal. I wouldn't be a fan, but she's extremely qualified. She's um on the Supreme Court of California right now, Leandra Kruger, I think her name is. So she would have been the correct 
choice, I think, for the job. But this chick has some criminal justice background, and they, they're saying that that perspective is valuable. Give you a little bit of background for her and why I kind of dug in. There's just a couple of little tidbits. One is that she, well, this isn't a tidbit. This is just a little backstory for her. So she went to Harvard undergrad. She went to Harvard Law School. She clerked for Supreme Court Justice Breyer, whose retirement is paving the way for her nomination. So she will probably replace the person she clerked for. I bet that's a, a rarity. She is right now a judge in the Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. She was prior to that a D.C. Circuit Court judge, um, not in the Court of Appeals. All right. Her uncle, Thomas Brown, was serving a life sentence for dealing coke and Obama commuted his sentence. And he unfortunately died a few months later, the uncle. But the rest of her family is very copy. Her other uncle was a Miami police chief named Calvin Ross. He was police chief from 91 to 94. And another uncle is a sex crimes cop. Her brother, I believe, was in Iraq as a soldier and also did. Now, this is a little hard to follow. Undercover drug stings for the Baltimore police. I don't know what that means. <laughs> See, for me, that may, means he's a... Uh, an informant or they let him get away with it and just said he was an informant. I yeah. don't know. So she she was the judge on Pizzagate. Really? Yes. And anytime I see something like that, I'm like, that person may know something. The so guy she had who some went high into profile the pizza cases. parlor? Yeah. So she sentenced a man to four years in prison after he had fired a military rifle, style rifle inside a Washington pizzeria. He'd been deluded by false internet conspiracy theories known as Pizzagate that Hillary Clinton was operating a pedophile ring there. See, I think that's weird when it's stuff like that, because like that's a weird story and they're in on stuff and it's just strange. It's she like you did... pay your dues. Now you have the opportunity. To Absolutely. Be a Not just that, but they can trust you. They have yeah. a back channel yeah. to you. So another thing she did was she ruled that Don McGahn, who was a White House um, official under Trump, could not use executive privilege to to refuse to testify against Trump before Congress. She she said that he had to testify, which I'm not I I my guess is that was a break from precedent, but and it looks like she was tough on Trump, but she slow walked it. So it took like four months or so, and by then it wasn't really important anymore. Whereas when something like that happened uh for the January 6th thing, that case was decided in less than a month while it was still relevant. So I think she was kind of, you know, whatever that might've been up to something there. She was at Harvard. She joined an improv group or one of her partners at one time was Matt Damon oh, and really? her serious boyfriend. He was a pre-med student named Patrick Jackson was what she described as a Boston Brahmin, a sixth generation Harvard graduate with roots dating back to England before the Mayflower. By contrast, her family had descended from slaves and she was the only she was only the second generation to graduate from college. Both of her parents went to a all black, you know, those black historically black colleges. She was briefly a reporter for Time magazine, which to me, like if you were reading that book that I'm reading about Time magazine, oh, my gosh, that nothing could be more deep state than Time magazine, except for maybe her husband, whose twin brother is married to Paul Ryan's sister. No, the sister of Paul Ryan's wife. Uh, so Paul Ryan, so who's the congressman who was the 
vice president pick under Romney. He looked like he looks like a psychopath. Do you think so? He think just looks so. like a pencil deck because he's too skinny. But I think um, he pretended to be a libertarian. It really I, he annoyed me. Uh, anyway, so that was that. And then here's the thing that I thought was interesting. She she works. She was works on appeals as a public defender and like a federal public defender. And one of the things she worked on was for uh, at least one detainee at Guantanamo Bay. And, you know, my theory about the the guys who are detained at Guantanamo Bay without charges or trial. What? So, like, what do you do? You know why they're there? Like, why people say they're there? That claim. I don't know. Like terrorist activities. Usually yeah. They say. Yeah. So it's just, uh, we can't prove what he did, but he's a terrorist, and he'll do it again. So we can't let him out. Yeah. My theory is that they know stuff. They were in on it, or whatever, in Al Qaeda, or whatever, and they, you can't let them out because then they'll tell people. So Obama just droned them. Like when he droned Al Awlaki, Al Awlaki was working for us. And I think he was even an American citizen. So I think that all of that is about keeping, keeping information tight. So she defended a guy named Ki Ali Ghul, who was of the Haqqani network. And Haqqani was the guy who's, I believe he met Ronald Reagan in the White House. He was Charlie Wilson's war guy. He said, I think Wilson said he was the personification of goodness itself, something like that. It was um, the associated with uh, Osama's Afghans or the Mujahideen, which Hillary testified in Congress that 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 they were working for us. And I mean, though you say Haqqani Network, and I'm like, okay, those were the guys: Osama bin Laden, Haqqani Network, um, the Mujahideen. All of that is in his dossier, which I found in like some WikiLeaks thing, or whatever. I don't know if it was actual WikiLeaks, but anyway. So he was, I think, alleged to be an intel officer for the Taliban and Pakistan. He said, and then this was the absolute tell. He said that he fought for the Soviets. From 84 to 89, which was that Charlie Wilson's war, he fought against the Soviets. He fought against the Soviets. So that's that. Those were our guys for sure. Now, and he denies that he worked for Taliban. Anyway, Obama commuted his sentence and sent him back to Afghanistan after a while. But for me, if she was talking to that guy, she probably knows stuff. Right. I mean, she was supposedly trying to represent him, but Because he probably knew stuff like this is my theory. And that's why when I saw that she was one of those, I was like, okay, this chick definitely has made her bones in the deep state. And then even later, she filed friend of the court briefs on behalf of two groups supporting challenges to Bush era detention policies, including a game, a a claim that the government could detain a lawful permanent resident arrested on American soil without charges and as an enemy combatant. Like, I totally agree that should not happen. But I doubt she won or wanted to win that. I should have looked and saw how that resolved. But so it seems to me she does that stuff, but it's she's just she's going to do what they tell her to do. Oh, I think she's definitely going to do what they tell her to do. I mean, of course, but I I have evidence to back that. up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, And she is she represents the. The cultural aspect that they want her to represent at being a black female, which it's unfortunate because if she has good credentials, it's going to be overlooked by that fact. 
Yes, for sure. I got a few things. All right. I wanted to tell people about the Higher Side Chat meetups over the next week. Uh, Greg very generously suggested that like-minded podcasters tell their folks about these meetups. And I think it's a great idea that we usually have somebody going to one. And if you wear a Propaganda Report t-shirt, if you, there's another PR person there, they will find you. Um, so the, there's one at 6 o'clock on March 2nd. That's tomorrow at the Humble Sea Brewing Company in Pacifica, California. March 2nd, also tomorrow at 7.30 at Chuck's in Seattle. March 6th at 2 p.m. in the L.A. State Park in Los Angeles. How fun could that be? 2 o'clock. Wow, sounds like a family-friendly event. March 6th, also at 6 o'clock in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the Cabin Boys Brewery. You can find all that stuff at the HiresideMeetups.com slash events. And I have a quick shout-out. From Laura, she wants to shout out Grimerica, Graham and Darren. And uh, she went to contact at the cabin last weekend in Arizona. 37 people with hearts open and completely free thinkers. It was like we had all known each other forever. The venue, food, and presenters were all top-notch. Wow. So much so that I signed up for the next one, which is already sold out. Check Grimerica out. Look out their future events. That's absolutely fantastic. Well worth every penny. It was life-changing. And check out their podcast, of course. Grimerica, Grimerica Outlawed on Rockfin. Love these two Canadian dudes. And I have to say, when I got that shout-out, I did look them up and they're going to Egypt in November. And boy, wow. I would really, really like to go to Egypt in November. Very, very cool. That's awesome. Thank you, Monica, for your news and insights. Thank you all for listening. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform under the Propaganda Report podcast feed. And if you want access to that extra content we put out, you can go to propreport.locals.com. You can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report, and you can check us out on rockfin.com slash propaganda report to see our offerings there. We will talk to you guys in the DMBXR or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your Share the Show Tuesday.